It's time for episode 76 of Meraki Unboxed. Welcome back once again. My name's Simon Thompson, your host for today. It's awesome to have you with us again. And like I said, episode 76, there are so many of these episodes already in the bag. Uh, Just go back and look at our archive They're all available to you, Uh, but I hope you are a subscriber, and if you're not, well, you know what to do. Get your app out and hit that subscribe button uh, so you get notified whenever we send out new episodes of this podcast. It happens every two weeks, and we love to focus on content relating to the technology and the life surrounding uh, Meraki, but also many of our customers and our technology partners, people that we work with, uh, so that we can really build up a strong sense of you know where we stand in this uh, in this world that we're operating in, certainly from a technology perspective. At Meraki, we're very interested in enabling businesses to follow their passions and to keep the technology as simple as we can. And you know that applies extremely well to the topic that we're focusing on today, because we are returning once again to hybrid work, which I'm sure you've heard us talk about several times on the podcast already. We've talked to technology partners who have some enabling capabilities there. In fact, the very last episode, we spoke to CloudSpot, where they talked about that. And there are some others in there as well. What we really wanted to do in this episode is dig into a survey that we uh, that we actually commissioned to really understand how a broader range of our customers are experiencing this period of time that we find ourselves in right now. So to help us with that discussion, I am joined by two esteemed colleagues of mine from Meraki. I have uh, Juan and I have Ryan here. And let's start things off with introductions. So Juan, take it away. Please introduce yourself. Tell us about what you do at Meraki uh, and also how you came to be here in the first place. Uh, thanks, Simon. Uh, as, as you mentioned, my name's Juan, uh, Juan Vela. I am the uh, Global Head of Market Strategy here at Meraki. Um, I've been with Meraki for just over two years. In fact, my two-year anniversary was, uh, was last week, believe it or not. Um, I joined uh, at a time when the global pandemic was really starting to take hold. Uh, in fact, uh, I think I was in San Francisco for an interview the last week that it was kind of fully open uh, before a, a, a shutdown, of course. What a time to join. Um, Yeah, exactly. Um, I I do remember the interview um, and being so excited about being in the office. I I live in Florida, so I was never going to be a fully in-office employee, but I was very eager to to join and and be a part of the Meraki culture, which in many ways is embodied in the the headquarters building in San Francisco. Uh, But I've been here for two years now, um, the entire time being a remote employee and having never uh, visited or returned to the office since that interview. Um, I I will say that um, over the last two years, I've seen that the culture has definitely embraced um, or embodied our everybody in value uh, and extends to not just those that are physically in the building, but those that are, of course, remote. So uh, definitely enjoyed uh, my time here and looking forward to finally returning to the office here shortly. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely representing one of the major constituencies that we're interested in in talking about today. So um, thanks for taking time to join us, Juan. Let's kick it over to Ryan. Hey, Ryan, welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. Hey, Simon, good to see you again. Or hear you again. Um, Yeah, so my name is Ryan. Uh, I am Senior Director of Digital Workplace and Information Technology here at Meraki. Digital Workplace is the the core services organization for our business. So if a, if a tool, system, or process sits across multiple teams, uh, our team is responsible for it. And we help uh, enable that and make that happen for, for all of our Meraquians, uh, both uh, on-site and distributed. Um, you know, our team is uh, 
We have an IT team, which is looking after the, the people, helping people be successful in our organization. We have our digital workplace experience group, which is employee experience and our facilities team. Uh, we have our enterprise applications and infrastructure group, which is, um, you know, if IT is helping people be successful, that's helping our business be successful. So for the tools and, and systems that sit uh, across our teams. And then we have a project management organization that helps us interlock with what the business is, is trying to do and what we're trying to get out there. Partner with teams like Wands um, and, uh, and Simons to help us with our projects and applications that we have and uh, keep us on track and, and humming along. Love it. Uh, I've been with Meraki for about three years now uh, and super happy to be here. I was a customer before joining Meraki and I came to work here because I believed in our product and our vision and all of those things. And so it's been really great to um, be a part of that for, for the past couple of years. I, I remember you sharing your excitement. Um, we, we actually shared, I think, an episode that you were in, Ryan, was really your story. I think we called it Ryan's story. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it was because you were so excited and animated about you know, what your experience was like as a customer of ours before you, before you joined us. So I can't remember the episode number folks, but it's, it's out there. So, uh, if you want to go back through the archives, I'm sure you'll find it. It definitely was an interesting, fun episode. So thanks both for joining us. Uh, really awesome. And let's get into, into the content. So like I said, we commissioned a survey with IDG, one of the leading uh, organizations in this field, and we wanted to really just dig in a little bit deeper, speak to a broad range of customers and understand some reality. So here's how we're going to play this. We do actually have a white paper that we've published uh, that covers this content in a little bit more detail, and I definitely will uh, share some details about that later on in this recording. But I wanted to pick out some of the findings from that survey and just dig in a little bit with our guests here to to understand how they see it, how they perceive uh, what we've got here. So finding number one, let's just start the list. Finding number one, the percentage of employees working solely on site at the average organization has dropped from 57% to 30% over the past two years. So almost halving in the past two years. And perhaps we're not too surprised about that, uh, given what we've all been through during that time. And, and one of the things that's really interesting to me as we kick this conversation off, uh, I've been at Meraki for almost a decade now, and uh, you know, we were always a fully on-site business. We had very few employees out in the field, just salespeople really, and everybody else came to the office. And we did that because we believed that was the most efficient and uh, you know, energizing way to have our employees interact with one another. But you know what? The world has changed and we have seen uh, new realities come along that really just challenge that approach. And, you know, guess what? We have absolutely kept the lights on and more than that at Meraki over the last two years. So we've learned to adapt and we're probably, well, we, I'm sure we are one of these organizations that, is, uh, that has seen this change. And I'm sure many of you are experiencing the same as well. Um, Ryan, just uh, give me some thoughts around uh, how it's looking from your perspective with where we are today. Uh, yeah, so you're absolutely right. So before we, um, before 2020, before January 2020, we were um, focused on uh, co-located working. So we had offices in San Francisco, Chicago, London, Sydney, um, and uh, I think some offices in in uh, uh, Shanghai and um, mm -hmm. a few others scattered around. And uh, most of our work was focused on collaboration between those offices, right? So I think uh, video conferencing in the in an office, people flying in for meetings and kind of collaborating in person or in fixed spaces. Uh, that shifted dramatically to from one extreme to another with everyone being distributed, everyone working from home or 
you know, wherever kind of uh, the, the moment struck them and, you know, enabling work that was all in this kind of virtual kind of virtual world, a digital workplace, if you will. Hmm. Uh, but like out kind of in, in, um, in, in the cloud. Um, and then now um, as we're com- as some folks are coming back into the office, some folks are, are electing to stay distributed. Um, the makeup of our organization has shifted and we're entering into, you know, what is truly hybrid work, which is uh, how do you build? And the question we're asking ourselves is how do you build equitable experience and allow people to collaborate without their physical location being a barrier to their success or ability to, to partner together. And so we're having to, and rethink a lot of the things that we've done differently that were built around one type, the things that we rapidly changed in order to meet the moment of uh, 100% distributed, and now, you know, unpack what the future is um, for our business to introduce flexibility and allow people to to work from where they feel best. And it's it's interesting because the three of us actually are fully representative of this <laughs> this hybrid situation because, um, you know, obviously you're only listening to this podcast, but uh, I can see the other two on a screen in front of me. And, uh, you know, uh, Ryan is in the Meraki headquarters office today. Uh, very exciting. And, um, you know, and I would be counting myself as somebody who is uh, somewhere in the middle. So I live not too far from that office, but I am I am working from home today. But I can go into the office, you know, whenever it's appropriate to do that. And then, of course, Juan, you're fully remote, right? And that's been your reality for a very long time. A, a very long time. In fact, I can go back to my first role um, where I was a, a what we call today a hybrid employee, um, where I worked primarily away from the, in a corporate office, um, going back about 20 years, believe it or not. So I, I'm very familiar with some of the challenges. Um, and I think one of the things that has surfaced over the last couple of years in particular is not just the, the challenges of, of proximity or the challenges of location, but also the way work gets done. Um, mm-hmm. There's Within our team, we always have conversations about how do we work in a synchronous manner where we're all kind of collaborating together real time? And then how do we work in an asynchronous manner where you know someone needs to provide feedback or, or collaborate on a deliverable, but the, the timing of that isn't necessarily in sync with when it's, when it's created or when it's, um, you know, when it's uh, loaded into a, a directory, for example. So there is not just the idea or the, the need to collaborate in a proximity fashion, it's also synchronously and asynchronously, which is something that I know we spend a lot of time uh, ensuring is, right. is optimized within our team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's uh, let's kick it over to um, finding number two. And uh, Juan, I'm going to come back to you in a moment for this one. Uh, the C-suite, uh, the, so the CIOs, the CXOs, the CFOs, all of those C folk. Uh, the C-suite is perceived as placing a high priority on enabling a hybrid workforce at almost four-fifths of organizations. So you know, the, the message seems to have gotten through. It's been received loud and clear and that's really interesting because, you know, sometimes we imagine that the folks who run these uh, these organizations, and we've heard stories about certain companies that absolutely do want their employees back in the office at this point, certainly here in North America, um, you know, but the, there is definitely, uh, it's clear there's been a breakthrough in terms of recognition of, of hybrid work. So Juan, what, what are your thoughts around why that might be? Well, there's, there's certainly a lot of conversation around productivity and, and efficiency and, and even cost optimization with, with employees um, being able to work in, in remote locations and maybe not having the demand of, of bigger spaces and, and work environments. 
Um, I, I'm not going to be the expert on those those types of conversations. Um, certainly can can reference a lot of research on that. But I, what I like to think about is is people. Mm. Ultimately, when it comes down to um, you know work and having good productive teams, is people. And so when you think about what people want, and I think what we've seen in these last couple of years is that there's people are generally awakened or, or they're certainly um, more aware of the options that they now have right. uh, to be able to work anywhere. I, just in our team, in our market strategy team, we've had about four or five, so about, let's say, 10% of our team has relocated in the last two years mm. from, from an existing kind of centralized location to a what we call a remote location now, um, working somewhere outside of a, of a corporate headquarters office. And so I think when it comes down to it, it's about people and giving them choice or maybe said differently, demanding choice. Um, and because of the scarcity of, of talent in particular in, in tech industry, hmm. um, we do see that there is this, this demand now for greater flexibility in work environments and work locations. And when they do choose to go back to, to a, you know, kind of a traditional work setting or an evolved work setting, we'll call it, um, the demands for safety, the demands for um, you know better collaboration tools, more visibility of their environment, um, those are now starting to surface. And I think as good good you know company um, you know corporate citizens, if you will, um, it's it's on us to make sure that those those kinds of desires or, or those needs are being met. Right. Um, because again, it comes down to great talent, great people, and if we can give them the environment to work in that makes them productive, makes them happy. Um, ultimately, that, that we believe that leads to retention and, and continued development of, of their skills and greater contribution, obviously, to, to the business. So again, I, I certainly understand the numbers and there's lots of compelling reasons of, of why it's good for business productivity, but the way I think about it, at least, it's just, it simply comes down to people. Yeah, absolutely. Any thoughts on that, Ryan? No, I, I, I uh, you, you can't see out there in, in your headphones, but I'm just nodding enthusiastically. Right. Um, you know, it really, you can, at a certain level, you can, you can use metrics to support whatever conclusion that you have coming to it. But the thing that, you know, it can never support is people's satisfaction and how they enjoy their work and is, are they having meaningful, fulfilling careers. And I think part of that comes from being able to look at the entire person and centering on the person and understanding that, you know, for some folks, you know, it's having the flexibility to pick their kids up from school or, you know, being distributed and things is, is a part of work-life balance and is a part of this thing. Um, and asynchronous work and enabling that through our team's structures and approaches is spot on on how to, you know, right. build a, a place where everyone feels welcome. I mean, this is what technology was supposed to do for us, right? <laughs> As opposed to, mm -hmm. to solve some of these challenges. And if I think about my own commute, I mean, relative, I know it's not so, so bad. It's about uh, 30 minutes, but it's a tough 30 minutes. It's not a pleasant experience at all. It's, uh, well, because I do it on a motorcycle. So uh, <laughs> if with the traffic we have around here, it gets kind of interesting. But so, so you know, the, but the point being, that's an, at least an hour out of every day that I'm spent 
uh, not working and and not being productive and being distracted in some way, shape or form. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that the the flexibility, we can do it because we have the technology to support it. So let's let's uh, let's lean into that. And, you know, that really reflects, as you said, uh, Juan, I mean, it's all about people at the end of the day. They are what makes the business tick. So we need to ensure we have the best, give them the best tools and, and leave them to do their best work. All right, let's move on. Finding number three. So we asked about uh, some top focus areas for supporting hybrid work. So this is really leaning into the sort of IT side of things a little bit. So we're going to bring Ryan back in in just a second. Uh, but we we saw that there was uh, you know a lot of interest in that enablement of collaboration, and, and that word is I think absolutely key when we have our employees located who knows where in the office working from home, working from a coffee shop, whatever it happens to be, collaboration is right at the top of that list if you're talking about you know, having a good level of, uh, of efficiency within your teams. And so, so productivity comes up very highly as well, and also security. And of course, that comes up every time we ask a question, and quite rightly so, essential. It's like table stakes to get that right. So Ryan, um, tell us a little bit about how this looks for Meraki and you know where your team's been focused um, as we prepare, or as we as we actually went through the process of preparing for for coming back to the office and creating that hybrid setup. Absolutely. So it it all begins with kind of trying to understand where our people are at and and um, bucketing and creating personas for different types of work. So we uh, broke this down into three categories, which are the on-site worker, right, folks in the office with a permanent desk, a hybrid worker, folks like. Um, like yourself that are coming in maybe a couple of days a week, a couple of days a month for, you know, kind of almost treating the office like a bit of like a WeWork uh, kind of drop right. in situation. Yep. And then we have um, distributed folks like Juan that come in uh, less frequently, maybe quarterly or, you know, you know, for a planning meeting or a big kickoff or something. Um, and, you know, for them, it's, this is more of like a, a Moscone center, a convention center, right? You know, you might come on site for your like a, a quarterly version of Dreamforce or something like that for your team's kickoffs. Uh, and so we had to rethink how we are using both the physical space and the tools that we offer to enable that. So one of the uh, benefits that comes with the breadth and scope of what our team is working on is that the tools that we build and the things that we offer, like with our laptops or, you know, the, the network stack or WebEx or, you know, uh, other communication tools that may be in our organization, uh, those those things were able to kind of build a Meraki way, kind of something that's core and universal across all of our different categories of business. So whether you're in engineering or sales or marketing or in IT, um, you know, you have a Meraki laptop that's secured using Systems Manager, um, you know, visibility to kind of see what's going on there. We're using tools like uh, OpenDNS uh, in order to uh, ensure that traffic is is safe and encrypted and all that stuff is going on. You know, we're, we're collecting any any threats or understanding what's happening in our infrastructure. Um, we're using our help desk team and we fully distributed uh, that team and move folks around uh, around the country in different time zones for coverage uh, and really taking all of these things together to build an equitable experience across these categories of workers. So when folks do come on site for the big meeting, like when, you know, one day maybe Juan and I won't be able to meet in person. <laughs> uh, and when he comes on site for that meeting, you know, chances are, there's like a laptop issue or something that he may have been holding on to until he came to the office. So our teams have to be flexible right. and be able to respond to that stuff. And so we've, we've really had to rethink our approach to almost everything in order to decouple ourselves from the physical co-located space as our only profile. Yeah. 
it's it's so funny to to think about. I like the way that you described how the office looks to different types of workers, and uh, and it's so true. I mean, we we are going to be using it in in a more uh, a more varied way, perhaps than we were previously. Um, so that's that's actually quite an interesting interesting point, I think. Um, and I will say, I mean, as a user of Meraki IT, uh, uh, I have found really no difference at all uh, in the last two years. Like it, it's it, it doesn't it doesn't occur to me where the support person happens to be. I'm still getting the same level of service, so we know it absolutely can be done. Uh, I'm not just saying that to be nice. I think it's um, it's actually true. I, every single time I interact with Meraki IT, we have a good experience. So they so it can be done. We absolutely can uh, set our teams up to to work remotely in this way. But uh, that kind of leads me on to the next finding because you know we did see some challenges uh, highlighted around uh, you know empowering workers to to make process or workflow changes with current technology and and also there were comments around uh, you know how difficult it is to get the balance right between enabling workers to do their work in the way that they want to do it but also ensuring security and compliance at the same time so Again, back to you, Ryan. Um, how do you reflect on these as the head of IT for Meraki? What's what's our own experience look like? Yeah, it's a um, it's it's been an interesting journey um, to like I've been around, I've been around this area of work long enough to see trends in security shift and change to go from perimeter security being the best way to handle it, right? Let's like, mm-hmm. let's lock down our corporate network. And when you're at work, like you can do whatever you want inside this walled garden. But once you leave, like, unless you're on a VPN, like you just cannot work. Uh, that future is is one that I think um, looking at where employees are at, businesses are at, the flexibility of hybrid work, people wanting to be able to have, um, you know, less of a commute and all this kind of stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't, doesn't scale, right? It doesn't allow us to you know, lean into, um, into sassy and like all those other kind of like ways of thinking of security. So I feel strongly that, um, that borderless access is, uh, kind of the future of security and being able to enable work from anywhere is kind of, uh, table stakes, table stakes at this point in the game, uh, in, in running a enterprise organization. Mm-hmm. So, so for us, um, what we've done is we've used a combination of different, tools, right? So I I alluded to it before about, you know, we have like a laptop stack that has, uh, you know, some tools that allow us to secure access from anywhere. Um, We have um, additional levels of security using uh, the the Meraki VPN and uh, the AnyConnect uh, beta that's out there Mm -hmm. um, to uh, provide uh, access into like a a second layer of authentication into um, some parts of our infrastructure. Um, And then we're using um, tools like uh, um, Thousand Eyes, right? We aggregated a lot of our visibility and a lot of our stuff into uh, cloud-based tools. So that way we can have a single pane of glass to see what's going on with our infrastructure that's not in our already easily um, able to track and secure cloud through Meraki dashboard. So, um, so yeah, it's, it is a balance. It'll be interesting to see where things are at in another five or 10 years. Um, but for now we kind of are living, um, in a, in a world that's moving us, um, moving us towards, uh, really flexible approaches to security, really being able to like get around the problem and see things to, to understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll definitely, sorry, Vaughn, go ahead. Uh, sorry, Simon. I, I, I was going to jump in. Um, Ryan, you, you, you made a 
statement earlier about looking forward to, to meeting and, and I'm going to be out in about three weeks, three or four weeks. So looking forward to, to meeting you as well. Um, but I, I don't know if you've, anyone has picked up on what's happening in, in the aviation industry right now, but I believe the TSA is looking at lifting or has already lifted for some travel, the mask restrictions or the mask requirements, I should say, for air travel. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to coming out to San Francisco and, and being in the office. Um, but I do understand there's some hesitancy from employees when they're moving back and forth to locations. And um, when you when you started talking about security, um, I kind of I'd like to understand a little bit more about, you know, what the like the physical environment, like what, what are we doing to ensure physical safety, not just network or cyber safety? Because I think that's something that's probably on a lot of people's minds as they are. Uh, returning to to kind of corporate environments, um, you know, what are what is IT doing, or how are you thinking about that as a as a challenge? Yeah, um, thank you for that. Yeah, we're using um, so we are utilizing uh, workplace te uh, workplace technologies like DNA Spaces uh, to help us understand um, proximity in the office and where density is uh, and where most of the folks are located. Like right now in our office. Um, you know, when you walk in, there's a board. There's also a really great demo that you can see um, on the, uh, I think it's on the, um, there might be one on the Meraki um, YouTube page um, or definitely on the Meraki website um, to um, to see how, um, you know, you come in and you can see a board that shows like where the density is in the office, what pockets have a lot of people there, what pockets um, of the office are a little more spread out. So if you are somebody who's, um, you know, feeling less comfortable about, um being an open space with a lot of a lot of people, um, you can choose not to go to there. Right? In our office right now, it's the fifth floor. Is like I can look and see it's very dense, but the second floor is a little bit more open, so I can go work from the second floor where I feel a little bit more comfortable. And so that uses, um, uh, I, I believe it's a, a it's a combination of a few different technologies uh, coming together to be displayed in an aggregated format on those boards. So it's a mixture of uh, information from. You know the uh, the WebEx devices. It's a mixture of uh, information from um, MV uh, and then some of the other um, uh, MT sensors uh, that we have uh, placed throughout the office. Yeah, those have really made a a, a big difference in terms of just informing us. And uh, actually, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have to do again a plug for uh, for the previous episode, episode seventy five, where we spoke to one of our tech partners, CloudSpot, who had some really interesting ideas around how you can give employees who are not physically in a, uh, a space or maybe on a different floor a sense of what it's like on that other floor. Like, how, how, where are the people? Where are they congregating? Uh, you know, what, where, does, where is the best kind of area that you might want to go to or avoid, depending on your own uh, personal level of, uh, of risk uh, in terms of um, mask wearing and, and uh, just interaction generally at this time? We're all still a little bit sensitive and unsure about how best to handle it. So, you know, I like the way that the technology again is, is helping us there. Uh, so really, really good points. And, and I love as well, the fact that we're talking about more than just the IT, the, the technology itself, although of course that's vital for those of us working remote, but in terms of the physical space, we are talking about hybrid. So in terms of the physical space, there's, there's so much more to it than that. Okay, let us move on. We are, we are uh, going through these at a rapid pace, doing nicely. Uh, more than half of the survey respondents, in fact, it was, it was getting on for two-thirds, uh, indicated a challenge with providing 
uh, consistent, seamless, location-agnostic support for their employees. And we've touched on support already, and we've already, uh, I think, acknowledged that uh, Meraki's doing a, a great job. But I'm sort of interested in thinking about why this might be. So, uh, you know, respondents for the report, they talked about some of those challenging aspects being um, you know, mixing different employees and, and technology access. Again, network security comes up, IT support comes up, access to colleagues comes up here as well. So, Ryan, tell us a little bit about this concept of Meraki Digital Workplace, because you've touched on this already, the fact that you, know, you're, you have this responsibility for more than just the technology piece itself. What are some of the successes and learnings of the past two years as we've kind of f- figured this whole thing out, um, both for, for on the IT side, but also on the wellness and, and facility side of things? Yeah, so something... Something that, like, I, I try to think about this as um, where, like, a digital workplace is kind of responsible for where work happens in our organization, right? It doesn't mean that we are doing uh, responsible for, um, you know, the individual success or things like that of, of, of teams, but we're responsible for creating an environment where, uh, where folks can thrive. Um, and at the beginning of things, uh, what we initially tried to do was um, really just take what we were doing in the co-located office and replicate it for folks that were distributed, right? When uh, we tried to just do one-to-one, okay, we did this thing, how do we do it there? Um, And what we learned pretty quickly is that uh, we were missing the point of what we were trying to do, which is the outcomes of helping people Mm. communicate, work together, and build meaningful careers. Um, So we uh, have shifted our focus to trying to develop experiences um, uh, as much as we can, um, whether that experience means, you know, safety at home and safety in the office using technology to either bridge in uh, from home and be able to collaborate in the office with folks that are here, or it's, you know, the technology in the office helping you feel where to be comfortable uh, in, mm-hmm. the, in the physical space by yep. giving you, you know, data at your fingertips to make those decisions. Um, but it's also um, something that we've been thinking about in terms of um, collaboration, right? Working together. Um, I don't know how many of you folks out there um, are fans of whiteboards, but I live by them. Like, I feel like I can't, <laughs> I struggle to communicate unless I can like write it down and draw a picture of it. Um, and something that um, was difficult in the beginning of uh, of things was how do you allow that collaboration to happen? You know, I found myself writing on pieces of paper, holding them up to the camera on WebEx and being like, look, this is what I'm talking about. Especially when it comes like trying to describe to folks, like what is a cross-functional organization do? Like, what do you, what do you mean that you support everybody? Um, And, you know, what we discovered was that the desk pro uh, is for those of us that are fortunate to be part of like the WebEx universe. Um, the desk pro allows us to collaborate on those, those things. I, those of you who can't see, I'm pretending to draw on a screen right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, it allows us to whiteboard collaboratively with other folks on the yeah. other side of those conversations and our offices here in the office uh, in, in, uh, in San Francisco and London and Chicago and all over the place, um, we have them in our conference rooms too. So folks that are um, working from uh, working distributed from the conversation, they can be a part of those things. Folks that are uh, local can be a part of it. And even if you don't have a desk pro at your home to draw and see, you can still you can still get your your point across and understand what's going on, going on there. So rethinking 
the ways in which we accomplish our goals, collaborate together, draw the pictures, do those things, and using technology to drive those outcomes, not uh, not technology just to enable the, the same old in a different location. Yeah, Juan, um, th- what are some of the ways in which uh, which you've adapted? I see you've got a whiteboard. Well, you can't see it, folks, but I can see behind Juan. There's a whiteboard on the wall. I also invested in one as soon as I started working from home because, again, I, I like to throw a few things on there from time to time just to help my memory, if nothing else. But uh, what have you seen across your teams, you know, in terms of adapting and, uh, and, and uh, that side of things? Yeah. So believe it or not, the whiteboard has been there for a number of years, uh, even before I was, I was with Meraki. So, um, it's something that I've learned. Um, you know, the, the visual, um, is very powerful, Ryan. So I totally agree with you. Sometimes it's just easier to, to draw things out. Um, I, I think in, in, again, in terms of, of what the team has done or how we've evolved, keep in mind, I, I don't know if I shared this earlier, but when I joined two years ago, I believe I was the first full-time fully remote yeah. marketing employee at Meraki. Um, so I, I, but as a necessity, I and the rest of the team had to evolve. And so some of these things may not sound like they're, they're breakthroughs because I think you know, those, those organizations that have embraced you know, a hybrid workforce know that um, you know, collaboration is ultimately where things get done across the team. Um, things that we've done to kind of evolve is you know, we've, we've made it very clear, like using things like... Um, you know, Slack or WebEx teams to communicate in real time manner is probably just as easy as picking up a phone. Right. And sometimes I think people prefer that because yes. it, it, it does, it becomes less disruptive. And again, it sounds, you know, kind of almost novel now because everyone is using these tools. Uh, but when I joined, it was, it was literally like a prerequisite for me because that's the only way I could collaborate with some folks mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, I, I think, again, we talked about earlier the asynchronous nature of collaboration um, through SharePoint or uh, Google Docs, for example, uh, setting clear expectations. The, the bottom line of what we've learned or what we've, uh, you know, I guess, continued to evolve is our communication. Because mm-hmm. that ultimately is what we use to set expectations for, hey, this is needed right now. Make sure that's communicated. Uh, that's, that means we need to work on this synchronously. <laughs> we have to all jump in. Versus, hey, we have a week or, you know, whatever our timeline is. Um, I could use some support on this or some assistance. Uh, get to it when you can in the next 24 or 48 hours. Bottom line is communication and collaboration go hand in hand. So um, I think that is, in terms of how we've evolved, I think we've gotten much better at communicating and setting expectations amongst ourselves, uh, which ultimately leads to better collaboration, which I think in the research that we we just saw from IDG is is the top thing that, uh, that organizations are trying to improve. So uh, I think I think that's probably how, how I would look at it. Yeah. That's cool. Um, thank you. And uh, we, we actually have to accommodate all of the challenges of working from home as well, which includes um, sounds of animals in the background from time to time. And, and I will say that uh, if you can hear anything, uh, folks, on the recording, then um, it, it's not the first time. Uh, this is, you know, we embrace all comers to Meraki Unboxed, and, uh, and so this is proof that we're doing this for real and uh, and living the dream. Um, let's move on to finding number six. Uh, this one, I think, is not going to surprise anybody at all who's listening. Uh, more than three quarters of the survey respondents uh, indicated an increase in employee churn over the past 
12 months versus two years ago. Big surprise there um, for absolutely nobody. Uh, we all know it's going on. Uh, the great resignation is a thing. Uh, there are certainly pros and cons to, to churn. So you know, let's talk about those a little bit. Um, what can organizations do to find the best balance? Juan, what do you think? Well, um, this, again, goes back to the point I was making earlier about communication. There's one thing that I've really appreciated about the culture here uh, within Cisco Meraki is that communication and the feedback loop with employees is absolutely prioritized. Um, we use tools like TeamSpace to do weekly check-ins. Um, it's a formal way of tracking things uh, that might be of concern or things that are just things that we're happy about. Sometimes it's easy to communicate or better to communicate those as well. Of course, we have regular communications in person, um, you know, frequent check-ins. Uh, we have daily stand-ups with, with key teams, uh, you know, big work streams that are up and running. So I think from, from a churn standpoint, I think if you, if you start digging into, and, and I know Cisco's done a lot of analysis on why people leave when they do, um, obviously there's the, th there's the kind of tangible things like compensation and, um, you know, career opportunities that, you know, in the end, sometimes people just leave for those reasons. Yeah. Uh, but, but a lot of times they leave because they don't feel connected um, to their, to their organization or to their projects um, with an organization of the scale and, and um, you know, just diversity and geograph geographical distribution like Cisco, um, you can feel disconnected sometimes. So it, it, the onus on us as managers is to make sure that everyone feels connected to their work. Mm -hmm. And again, goes back to collaboration and communication. Uh, so ultimately, you know, when I, when I look at things like churn, and we're not immune to it, every organization in, in the business is, is going through this. Um, but when, you, when I look at things like churn, the thing that I focus on is what can we do better to communicate and connect to those employees? And if we can, if we can optimize around that, then I think that the rest will take care of itself. Yep. Sorry, Ryan, did you have a comment there? I just was uh, going to wholeheartedly uh, agree. I think that um, one of the things that's most in our control as leaders in an organization is how people experience the business and experience each other and what it's like to work there. And um, the tools and the approaches and how you think about things, how you communicate with folks is, is really, really important. And especially in a hybrid workforce, it takes in, intention and deliberate action to make that happen, to make asynchronous work work, to make folks that are, you know, logging in from the kitchen table um, feel like they're part of the same team as other folks that are, you know, um, calling in from the office. Yeah. And um, I think that's a, a major contributor to, you know, churn and retention. The companies that do it well are the ones that see the lower numbers. They're not immune, but I think it's really important. Yeah, I would agree 100%. I, I think one of the interesting articles I've read on this um, topic talked about uh, how much employees need to feel they can, you know, unleash their full potential and that the tools are supporting them to do their best work. Because there's nothing worse than being held back by technology. If you've got a passion and you've got an energy and you've, you've got all the motivation you need to do a fantastic job and to feel that sense of fulfillment at the end of the day, the last thing you need is for the technology and tools to be getting in your way and to and to feel like they're they're, uh, they're holding you back. So clearly that has an impact on on people's uh, you know disposition over time. So interesting reflections for sure. Uh, let's move it on to um, finding number seven, another interesting area, and uh, this one is very familiar territory for us uh, here at Cisco Meraki, as you all 
find out any second now. Uh, the, no surprise again, the vast majority of our survey respondents consider it highly important to have real-time intelligence regarding their technology environment as part of their strategy to improve those workforce experiences. And uh, more than 40% reported that it's actually quite difficult to gather intelligence regarding networks, endpoints and devices and, and cloud environments. So, you know, we really do, I think, have an understanding of this here at Cisco Meraki, obviously with the way that we have provided this centralized cloud-managed solution, giving so much more easy visibility across uh, the entire technology stack. And that's something which is clearly um, represented here. So this is music to our ears, Ryan. Um, how do you think about it in terms of, of Meraki technology that we use ourselves? And we mentioned you know, a couple of the different uh, products that we actually use ourselves internally, uh, but also with the third-party IT vendors that you bring in. Um, yeah, the, um, we're very fortunate um, to be able to have the visibility that Meraki gives us into both our core technology stack that runs the infrastructure of our business, right? The, what, the, what our EAI team is doing, um, uh, and also the infrastructure that runs our employees, right? You know, being able to get the visibility across our hardware. Um, we do have, uh, you know, some folks are on teleworker gateways at home. Other folks are using uh, Meraki uh, stacks at home that allow us to use um, tools like Thousand Eyes and Meraki Insights to see you know, where we are seeing performance issues and allow us to troubleshoot mm -hmm. and get folks back in business, right? Going back to that tools thing, trying to make the tools less frustrating so people can collaborate and work better together. Um, when it comes to our um, our third-party tools that we use, um, we try to take a similar approach with our other systems. Uh, so when it comes to like identity and access management, we use a tool like Okta pretty heavily um, because it allows us to, similar to get the visibility and the, the kind of control that the Meraki Cloud dashboard gives us, Okta allows us to manage our identity in that way. Um, mm -hmm. We also have, um, you know, other tools in the Cisco portfolio. I mentioned using uh, App Dynamics to look at performance analytics of our of our applications and our services, and um, and yeah, so it really is. You know, we've got the single pane of glass where the network is locked down, and that's really really awesome. Uh, I talked a lot about that in our other one, we, uh, other podcast we did, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's similar kind of strategy for for products and kind of looking for, I don't know, I would be very open uh, for the for the Meraki of other categories uh, if other folks are, are out there and other products to look at. There's always more we can simplify. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Uh, well, I think we've touched on a lot of different topics across this, so let's start to move, move ourselves uh, towards a conclusion. Uh, before we wrap things up, I'm just curious to ask both of you, you know, thinking about uh, the world as you see it from your perspective as senior leaders at Meraki, you know, what are you both seeing uh, now that uh, you know some of the restrictions are being lifted across the organization? We're bringing employees back in, and you, know, you all have more flexibility in terms of how you get work done. Obviously, we've had two years to really think about this and, and learn as we've been going. But uh, you know, any reflections you'd like to share around around where we stand today and what you're anticipating going forward? I'll, I'll jump in here first and, and just offer, I think there's, there's three things that I think about when it comes to, um, you know, what we kind of look forward to. Um, you're right. Things are starting to open up. Uh, we've got folks who are coming into the office uh, part-time. Some folks want to go back to the office full-time. Uh, I, of course, am, am going to be uh, in Florida full-time and, and frequent the office, hopefully. 
Um, so the idea of coordination is very important. And we talked about throughout the, the conversation today, the idea of synchronous versus asynchronous work and making sure we're optimized for either. Um, communication, I think it helps us address and um, get out ahead, hopefully, of any customer or any employee churn uh, concerns that we might be coming into. Again, understanding we're not going to be able to eliminate all of it, but at least making sure that we're, con we're um, you know, working actively to um, communicate across teams, which is the base of collaboration. So that that is the key, I think, in terms of how we get work done with amongst ourselves and also how we address with the, the, the concerns of, of churn that we talked about earlier. And then finally, uh, just being conscious. Um, we all work different, have different preferences in how we want to work. Mm -hmm. um, we all have different locations. Um, and just being conscious of each other and, and respecting uh, one's preferences, I think, is going to be key to collaboration going forward. So I, I kind of lump it up into those three C's, coordination, communication, and consciousness. Nice. Um, Ryan, what about you? Any, any surprises or anything you, uh, you weren't expecting as we went into this that you've, uh, you've taken away at this point? Yeah, I think like coming into this, I think the realization that um, we are in yet another period of transition, uh, you know, going from one worker type to another worker type to like a third kind of way of work and really discovering what this new Meraki is going to be and what this new working culture is going to be at a level and scale that we haven't really seen in the workforce before, um, just unilaterally, right? There's, there's been folks like Juan that have worked in distributed fashion for a long time, folks like me that have worked in offices for a long time, but we haven't seen uh, culturally, organizationally or anything like that, you know, a period of you know, great resignation, folks changing roles, organizations rethinking hybrid work, taking this seriously and introducing the flexibility of, um, you know, kind of being able to, to, to write your own schedule in a little bit and organizations having to meet that moment and that power being, being shifted to being shared between uh, individual employees, teams, and the business mm. and how the business operates itself. Um, so I'm really excited about discovering that, looking at the technology that we have um, you know, in kind of our, our portfolio right now and the stuff for us to discover to help us meet the moment in the future. Um, I'm really, really energized by that. And I'm excited about seeing um, what this is going to look like a year from now, looking back on kind of this moment that we are here as things are starting to open up a little bit more and seeing, you know, how how did we do on the prediction of, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the uh, onsite worker that we work, the, you know, conference center kind of prediction for the office, what the relationships are like between, you know, folks that are distributed and onsite and kind of how we, how we did and what we can learn in the future. I, I really love how thoughtful both of you are and, and you've demonstrated that clearly during the course of this conversation uh, you know, in terms of providing a great working experience about getting the, the human aspects and the technology aspects uh, together at the same time. Um, so I mean, really good conversation and uh, I want to thank you both very much. It's probably worth me throwing in an unplanned plug actually after hearing all of that, which is that Meraki is hiring. No big surprise, right? So we have we talked a lot about churn and the and the great resignation. Well, you know we are also a growing business, so we're, we are looking for talent. And uh, so if if you want to work for one of these two fine gentlemen, then uh, have a look on our website meraki.com forward slash jobs, and uh, you know there may well be something out there for you. I want to thank you both very much uh, for joining us today, uh, both of you gentlemen. Um, Ryan, any last closing comments? Um, 
you know, thank you as always for the opportunity to be here. And uh, thank you for all that you do for Meraki. And Ron, Antoine. Uh, nothing to add, Simon. Thanks for leading this conversation. Great job. Yeah, thank you both very much. And of course, we did focus today's conversation on this survey I talked about, uh, IDG, and we've created a white paper around this. I will put the link in the description for this podcast. So wherever you're looking at it, you should be able to find that in the description. Uh, but if you've got a good memory, then uh, you can just go to meraki.cisco.com forward slash experiences forward slash hybrid dash workforce. And that will get you to uh, to the white paper. And, and that's a really good summary, I think, with some other perspective, uh, in addition to what we've discussed today, uh, to, to really bring this to life for you. So thank you very much uh, to all of you for listening to Meraki Unbox. We really appreciate you spending your time with us, as always. We'll be back in two weeks. And once again, if you have any ideas for episodes you'd like us to do, if you'd like to be in an episode, or just propose an idea, hit me up on Twitter. My name there is at Meraki Simon. I'd love to hear from you and we'd love to get you featured. So thanks again and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye for now. 